You are listening to an official podcast from Kings of Europe, your football link to the European Super Leagues. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you're at, and welcome back to the Kings of Europe. Uh, tonight, we're going to be doing a special episode as we focus on La Liga, the Spanish Premier League. They've uh, just completed their first match day, and we're going to talk to a friend of ours here at Kings of Europe, uh, Mr. Anthony Schapa. Uh, he is going to uh, give us a little bit of insight on uh, what's taking place over the summer with the transfers, uh, what to look forward to this season in La Liga if um, the regular suspects, if you will, Barcelona, Madrid, and Atletico are going to be, again, the top three, or if we can expect perhaps a surprise from, say, Sevilla, Villarreal, or Valencia. So it's a very, it's a very top-heavy league, but it's uh, obviously a very competitive league amongst those six uh, especially the top three. Atletico has won a title in the last five years. Barcelona, obviously, uh, current title holders. And Real Madrid has won 33 titles in the history of the league. So and no surprise there that they will be in the mix. Obviously, the uh, departure of Cristiano Ronaldo from the Bernabeu that has taken some of the steam off of Real Madrid's season. And coming off their uh, three consecutive Champions League wins... The departure of Zinedine Zidane, the departure of Ronaldo to Juventus in the Serie A, this has left a lot to be desired for some at Real Madrid. And the first thing we saw last week was a significant drop in the uh, stadium attendance. So we'll talk a little about that. He is a Real Madrid supporter, and that is the area of his expertise. Before we do that, though, I do want to give a few shout outs. Uh, first off, to our good friend of the show, uh, he was on just as recently as last week, uh, Mr. Richard Carmen. He just uh, had his first child, actually. He's a dad for the first time. Uh, child was born this day. So I want to send uh, my congratulations from everyone here at the Kings of Europe. Uh, myself, Joe, I know uh, Jack is, uh, is, is also in, in the conversation with Richard at this time. So... Our congratulations on him and it, to him and his wife, and uh, wish uh, everything best to the newborn child. And um, congratulations on being a father. Uh, secondly, I want to give a shout out to everyone to check out GB Articles on Twitter. That's our official partner now. The uh, website is thegoldmouthscramble.net. We have partnered up with them and our podcasts, both us and the Fields of Anfield Road, the 4Raw show, are featured on the website, thegoldmouthscramble.net, but on Twitter, still under the old handle of at GB Articles. This afternoon, in fact, George Bennett put out a fantastic article on Sadio Mane that everyone should check out. I've, I've seen the Twitter alerts all day of likes and retweets, and it is a fantastic article. It's about Sadio Mane coming up through poverty in his village and overcoming adversity and, you know, eventually making it to Europe, playing for 
RB Salzburg, and then of course to Southampton, and from Southampton to Anfield, and from Anfield into superstardom. Uh, has already been to Champions League final, has never finished lower than fourth with Liverpool, and this season looks to be even better than that. So please do check that out. It's a fantastic article. Again, uh, that's at the goal, uh, sorry, at GB Articles, and the website is thegoalmoutscramble.net. Couple other housekeeping uh, issues, real quick. Uh, we do have a special coming up for the Kings of Europe. I did an interview with Jonathan Ace. He is the reporter for the Charleston Battery, which is the local club here in Charleston, South Carolina. They are a second tier team or club in the United States. Uh, I guess you would call it franchise since it's uh, technically not a club, but you know, they in, in Major League Soccer, they call them clubs. Uh, but it's really a franchise. He basically talks about the difficulties of having to operate on a shoestring budget and be in the second tier of U.S. soccer, U.S. football. And part of the struggle that comes along with that is the fact that they are four-time league champions in their division. The problem is there's no promotion or relegation, so all four times they've had to compete the next season in the same division while having a massive amount of turnover. I was just made aware that they actually only had nine players to return off last season's team. They and the, and the more successful you are, the more picked over you get. So it's not where in Europe, if you're a traditional uh, top three side in the second tier, that you get promoted and you retain some of your players because they obviously have ambition and want to play in the top tier. This is a little bit different of, of a beast. that You actually leave the club because there is nowhere else to go with them. They're going to be playing in the same division. And if you have any ambition to further your playing career or, or win bigger trophies, then you have to move on. So that's a challenge. And of course, on the bottom side of that, if you are bottom three in the league, you don't get relegated. We, we talk a little bit about that in Major League Soccer and the, the, the problems that that league is, is you know facing right now. So I'm going to be releasing that probably this weekend. Uh, if you could check it out, it's it's a really cool. It's just a 30 minute um, short interview with him, and I also did an interview with him recently for uh, the For All uh, Fields of Anfield Road podcast. And we talked. He is also one of the founding members, and we talked about that of the official Liverpool Supporters Club of South Carolina. Uh, that's currently up on Foresight.com. And also, you can download that on iTunes and Google Play. Uh, just look for Forecast, F-O-A-R-C-A-S-T, on iTunes and Google Play. And you will find uh, episode, uh, season three, Four Raw Short is what it's titled. So uh, some interesting questions about how the club got started and uh, what, what, uh, what they do as far as special events. I know they all went to... Um, the Dortmund-Liverpool match here in Charlotte back in July, what their membership looks like this season, and if there's been any people that have come in as neutrals and left as Liverpool fans uh, that have watched the match down at the pub with them. So, again, those two things. And uh, we will now be getting into La Liga, the Spanish Premier League, with our guest, Anthony Chapa.
All right, Anthony, how are we doing tonight, my friend? Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me, Critty. Absolutely, man. Been a long time coming. I've, uh, you know, we've been trying to have this episode for a while now, and it just uh, came together last minute here today. And it's all about Spanish football today. I'm really glad. I'm really glad that you were able to make it on, and we can talk about this league finally. That's all I need to hear. Best league in the world, baby. Spanish football. Can't deny that. That's what the UEFA coefficient says. Um, so just looking at some scores last week, Anthony. Uh, nothing uh, really pops out. Uh, I mean, you had a, obviously a Standard win by Barcelona, 3-0 away at Alaves. You had Real Madrid doing the business uh, 2-0 over Getafe. Uh, big game last week was the 1-1 draw between Valencia and Atleti. Uh, going into this week, we have basically Levante versus Celta Vigo is kind of the, the marquee match, I guess, if you were to uh, look at who's in, in the standings right now. The other one is Sevilla and Villarreal. Those two teams obviously always a part of the European conversation. But as it pertains to this, this league, uh, I want to talk about something. When, when uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid came over here for a preseason match summer before last, they were talking about the end of an era uh, for Barcelona. Neymar had just transferred to PSG for a record fee. They had just acquired, I believe Dembele was on the team at that point, but you know we obviously didn't know what he was going to do. Coutinho was not with the team at that point, didn't come over until the winter. And Real Madrid was riding the momentum of two consecutive Champions League victories, and I believe as defending league champions as well. So we look at Barcelona last season, they almost go invincible. They almost do what Arsenal did in the Premier League in 2003-2004, which was not lose a single match. They finally did lose on the final match day, I believe, and that was their one and only defeat. Of course, the, they did have the embarrassment in the Champions League, uh, losing to, to Roma, but... Um, we're talking for the for at least the first part of this podcast. We're going to be talking strictly about domestic play. So, in your opinion, do, do you see Barcelona? Obviously, it's not the end of an era quite yet. And do you see them stronger now than they were just a few years ago? Well, I mean, the fact that they would ever say Barcelona is at the end of an era when we see what Lionel Messi can still do, like even as a Real Madrid fan, and I followed them for years now you got to respect what that guy's done just for the past decade in this league. Like, he's just blowing all, everyone's numbers out of the water. So to ever say that when Messi is involved in the team is kind of like a LeBron James comparison. If LeBron James is on a team, like, okay, you're an immediate, immediate contender. Like, Lionel Messi has that effect for his team. So that was just nonsense to me, just right there. But when you add the strength of Coutinho, Dembele... Uh, you got Vidal now over there. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they were talking about, but even the bench like is getting deeper. You got Malcolm coming in who can sub in for, I don't even know what they're going to do with all the midfielders they have. You got Arthur coming off the bench. You still have Rafinha coming off the bench. I'm not sure if he went out on loan yet. I'm not sure what he's doing. So Rafinha obviously had the situation with Inter last season. They loaned him out, and Barcelona wanted Inter to purchase him. It's a big mistake, in my opinion, for Inter not to have uh, accepted that deal. There is the rumor right now that he will be... Uh, I forget which Spanish team it is. I want to... Oh, I actually just... it just I just forgot, actually. And while we're talking here in a minute, I'll look it up. But it's... Um, it's it's a real big loss for Inter because he's he is a player they can use and Rafinha is a player Barcelona can't use. You're right. They have a loaded and stacked midfield. Obviously, Rakitic is still there coming off the World Cup final, one of the best midfielders in the world. So, you know, do you, you know where, where do you where do you see Barcelona's season going? You know, obviously they're 
always a contender for the domestic titles. But, um, you know, they always have to play the three-front war. They have to play the, the Cup, the League, and the Champions League. Is this, a, uh, is this a season in which you could see Barcelona possibly winning a treble here? Um, so for me, Lionel Messi, in his message to the fans before La Liga started, before the season started, he said, we've, uh, we've had a great team last year, but we came up short of our goals. And this year we we're focusing on all of our goals, especially the Champions League. So I think the Champions League is their main priority now, which is hilarious to me since Real Madrid have been dominating that. But I think they're going to be slipping a little bit in the league, which is why they added so much depth. And But it's a lot of young depth that I don't know if they're going to be ready for the Barcelona lifestyle, which is tick attack a win by loads of goals and keep performing and never mess up or the fans are going to be very upset with you. Do you see the? Do you see in your opinion uh, any kind of uh, when is Messi going to finally start slowing down? I mean, he's already uh, approaching his mid thirties and he doesn't seem to be missing a beat at all. So this is a guy. Obviously, it, it's so funny because normally you would be talking about the end of the careers here, and Ronaldo and Messi are both in nearing their mid thirties, and they they do not slow down. They they both seem to be still in their primes. I mean, with all the, I'm, I don't want to sit blame it on the technology these days and like give that all the credit, but just with the different diets and the different workout programs, like Ronaldo's got the body of a what twenty three year old. The doctor said what, like what kind of freaking human nature type of deal is that? <laughs> right. So I couldn't tell you when he's gonna slow down. His game is kind of like fine wine. Like even if he were, his body isn't with it anymore. His just pure skill and intelligence of the game, I could see him just sitting back and kind of doing what Pirlo did during his last few games for Juventus, and just controlling the game but not playing the whole field like he already is doing. So do you see any kind of major loss for Barcelona in the aspect of Andres Iniesta leaving? Is that going to hurt them at all this season, or was is, were they already planning for that anyway? I mean... To me, Arthur, who they recently picked up, he's another uh, younger guy, but he has Iniesta, Xavi, DNA written all over him. So I think that they were prepared for this, and it's always sad to see a legend go, especially a Spanish legend like Iniesta, who's done so much for the game and in that league, for that team, for the national team. But I don't really think it's going to make that much of a difference because you also are bringing in Vidal, with all of his experience on the European stage, as well as playing in big leagues. So uh, I don't really see much of a problem there. So the, the Rafinha loan was to Real Betis. So that was, uh, that's, the, that's the Spanish team that, that looks like he's going to get loaned out. But I know that uh, Barcelona want a guarantee that he will be purchased at the end of that loan. So that's what, uh, that's what seems to be the... the, the um, determining factor and uh it hasn't happened yet i don't know if betis i think betis has said they can't afford the asking price so barcelona is kind of in a weird position with rafinha because they want a certain amount for him but they don't seem to be getting the buyers to pay that amount you know in, in all in all respect he is he is coming off of a, a a a very very bad knee injury and he looked he looked good at times for inter last season as i can attest to as i saw him play many times did take him a while to get integrated, but um, I, you know, he's not going to be breaking back into this Barcelona squad. That's why they're trying to get rid of him. Uh, do you see any kind of weakness for them? If you had to say that Barcelona had a weak spot or you could exploit something, what do you think it would be? Uh, I think it's easily the defense. I mean, Jordi Alba, I have so much respect for him and his game, but you can tell he's kind of uh, been 
going down on a, downwards on that slope for the past two years. Uh, the pace is still there, but it's not the same explosive pace. I think he's a little bit weaker now. PK, you just saw him retire from the national team, and there's no Yerry Mina to come in for him. Uh, they did buy a couple defenders, but they're all decently old, and they're not names that you're like, oh, wow, they got they picked up. Wow, I'm so impressed. Like I'm worried about that now. It's just their back line. You know who's going to be starting there, and if there's any injuries or just fatigue, I think they're going to struggle back there greatly. So we'll get to predictions later on for them. We're going to move on to a different team at this time. Uh, predictions as far as where they're going to finish. Uh, the, Atletico Madrid, Diego Simeone's bunch. Uh, they, they're they the um, the defensive stalwarts, if you will, of La Liga. They are hard to score on. They are disciplined. They, they, they play exactly as Simeone wants them to play. I feel like if he were to ever leave the club, they would have a significant drop-off because much of their success happens to come from his mind and the way that he has the team set up. Obviously, he has one of the best strikers in the world in uh, Antoine Griezmann. Tell me, uh, what's, your, what's your thoughts on Atleti this season doing a little bit more to challenge Barcelona? Obviously, they finished second last year, got back in the Champions League, won the Europa League, and defeated Real Madrid for the Supercopa of Europe. So they have had... Quite the, the the past twelve months, even though they didn't get out of the group stage in the Champions League, gotta say it, it it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. They won the Europa League, they beat Real Madrid for the Supercopa, they finished second in in La Liga. That's that's quite the resume. That's quite the resume. I mean, I feel like Atletico Madrid, since they were always seen as just like the third option in La Liga because it's always just been the two big dogs, and then Atleti. I feel like they've always kind of got shafted by other big names like the Manchester Uniteds and like the Chelsea's the Bayern Munich's they weren't as worried because it's like oh it's just Atleti but they're a very talented team I mean some of the moves they made earlier when they lost Carrasco and Gamiero I was a little like confused what they were doing if it was some sort of rebuild project I mean Griezmann was rumored to be leaving but then he inked that deal they picked up Thomas Lamar they have Correa playing out on the wing in a two-striker system with Diego Costa and uh, Antonin Griezmann, and it just is really working very well for them. I love Saul coming out of the midfield. Koke is always solid, not a huge fan, but in that back line, like you said, it's a hard team to score on. Uh, they've always had great goalkeepers, always had a great defense, and if one man knows that, it is Simeone. So I think it's, it, they're, it's now a three-headed dog rather than just the two big dogs. I think all three of them are going to be going at it. Absolutely. Do you think Jan Oblak is the best goalkeeper in the world? No, not even close. Really? Okay. Uh, a lot of people do rate him very highly. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on him? Because he's he's often he often gets a lot of credit for being part of that brick wall that we talk about. Um, that brick wall we talk about in the back there for Atleti. So uh, how, how do you how do you how do you rate him as far as other keepers go? What uh, what, ca- what category do you put him five. in? Okay, po- top five. Okay. Top five. Okay. So who but, who do you who do you rate above him? Just off the top of your head. Off the top of my head, I mean, I'm biased, but I'm going to say Kaylor Navas. Okay. But for sure, I'm saying Manuel Neuer. Uh, besides the World Cup, I like David De Gea better. And, I mean, you got to look at Hugo Lloris also. What about Ali Son? Ali Son, um, I mean, I'm not completely sold on him. Mm-hmm. I honestly, when I use Brazil and FIFA, I put Ederson in that, to be honest. What about Loris Karius? I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, yeah. I'm just, just kidding. <laughs> I was about to say. I'm uh, just kidding. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, but so O Block top five. Yeah, I could, I could, you know, I can go with that definitely. Um, 
So as far as uh, Diego Costa coming back home to Atleti, that obviously, you know, we saw last season, that gives them a major boost in the, uh, the front line. So it's not just Antoine Griezmann now that can do damage. No, and I think Diego Costa is another underrated striker. Like, yeah, everyone knows he's big and scary and, like, he can muscle guys, but the dude is really intelligent. Like, he knows his style of play. He knows mm -hmm. what he has to do, and he's very good at it. And he sets up Griezmann. And he sets up himself. You saw the first goal against uh, Real Madrid. Uh, it was just a flick off of his head over the top and then hit it as hard as you can near post. Hope for the best type of deal. Uh, you know, that turned into a beautiful goal. You're absolutely right about that. That's the thing about Diego Costa. It, you know, he has his haters. I don't consider myself one of them. I, I, I've always kind of liked the guy. He has that um, kind of don't fuck with me mentality. Just, uh, just, just, just send the ball into me. He, he has that... Uh, I guess you can tell that he never played in your league because you were like, oh, I never really hated the guy. Like You can tell he didn't play in your league because if you had to see him multiple times a year, you would learn to hate him. Well, no. I mean, he played in the Premier League. He played against Liverpool numerous times, uh, you know, with uh, Conte and also with, um, uh, uh, shoot, um, uh, I, guess this guy, I guess he was there when Mourinho was there uh, at Chelsea. But uh, he, you know... He, j I looked at him more so at the World Cup when he was playing for Spain just a couple of months ago, and just how he, you know, scored the goals that he scored in the World Cup. It was just, it, you know, nothing fancy, nothing flashy, but just um, he's he's powerful. He overwhelms. He out out outmans the the guy next to him, and he he his his uh, his positioning has always been something that's impressive because he seems to be at the right place at the right time to do the damage. I think he's like a huskier Manduzic, but I think Manduzic is better technically. Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But style. that's that's a good, that's a great comparison. Yeah, a very um, a huskier uh, Manduzic. So what do you? So you said Griezmann was about to leave. We all know that he didn't. So him come he now he's won the he's won the, the 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 crown of all crowns being the World Cup. He he's still missing. He's been to Champions League a Champions League final with Atletico Madrid. He's won the Europa League. <laughs> what is, you know, is, is, is this, this is the one thing that's kind of eluded him is, is, is to win the uh, La Liga to really outgun Real Madrid and Barcelona. Is this, this, you know, is this a season that maybe Griezmann and Atleti can get it done? Is there a way for them to, to find them themselves at the top of the standings? I think that uh, Atleti for them to win either of like the three big trophies for, uh, they have to lose one of the other. Like they either have to drop off in the league, and then they can make a run at Champions League, or they get knocked out early from the Spanish Cup. I don't think they're gonna have the capability to play all three, because like this is like all kind. Of, I'm not saying they're just getting good now, but them remaining good for this long and like they finally might have a little bit of depth on their team. Like they have the right pieces. They haven't had to do all three tournaments at the same time, like the Spanish Cup the Champions League, and the league. So I think for them to win anything, they're going to have to like accept that one is out of their reach. That's a, yeah, a good way to put that. Okay, so that, that yeah, I would say that you're probably right on that. If, if they have to compete in all three, uh, they're going to fail. If they can focus on one, then they can probably succeed at that one. So uh, so now uh, we're going to get to, we're going to get to Real Madrid. We're going to dig into these guys. There's a lot to talk about, a lot to talk about with Real Madrid. So let's start off with the guy from Portugal who wore the number seven leaving. Uh, how big Wait, who? This, this guy from Portugal. Uh, good this, looking, kind of tall. 
tan? He's kind of, well, he changes his hairstyle sometimes. It's shorter, sometimes it's longer. He's tan. He usually pulls his shorts up on free kicks. I, I can't, but for the life of me, I can't think of his name. There was a guy from Brazil that was actually really fucking good that had the same name, and I can't think of his name either. Oh, Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah. Ron- oh, thank you. Yes, Ronaldo. Thank you very much. I'd forgotten. Um, it, 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 you know, depending on what day it is and who he's playing for, sometimes he wears the long sleeve kit and sometimes he wears the short sleeve kit. I was very surprised that he broke out the short sleeves at Juventus on opening match day. So uh, normally I'm very used to him wearing the long sleeve kit. He has to stand out and be different from everyone else. So uh, let's talk I don't about. Think he's used to the weather out there. <laughs> no, he's, no, probably not. Uh, let's let's talk about that for a second. The impact that that's going to have on the team. Uh, the, obviously, the very first reports coming in last week, half full Bernabeu, uh, you know, no, the jersey sales are down, uh, no Ronaldo, no interest. Uh, so do you believe that's going to hold up over the season? Is he, was, was he bigger than the club in, in, in that aspect mm-hmm. as far as interest and people following and, and, and people? Let me say this. Are, did you lose a lot of bandwagoners? Oh, for sure you lost a bunch of bandwagoners, but... Um... Okay. Those and I can't even blame them. If you want to be a bandwagoner of Ronaldo, that's completely fine. He's in he's a once in a generation player. Like we're not gonna see something like him again. But as far as all the numbers go, I mean, that's the Ronaldo effect. I'm not gonna sit here and act like, oh, Real Madrid, like we don't need him. Like, yeah, that was like forty to fifty goals. Granted, I think that we can be successful without him and that we will be fine, but when it comes to numbers and sales, that's one of the most popular sports figures in the entire world right now so when you lose him yeah your jersey sales are going to go down he's probably one of the most bought jerseys on the planet yeah season tickets are going to go down because yeah you don't have the one guy who's the best player on the planet that we can go see so i mean yeah i mean i can see why it doesn't look as nice granted i would still get some season tickets if i was over at madrid yeah they wanted to throw us some that'd be cool but i don't blame them also the opening day uh Barcelona's numbers were all also down. La Liga's viewership altogether was down a little bit. So, and then granted, it was Hitafe, who was by no, no means a bad team, but it's not a game where I'm just like, guys, I got tickets to the Real Madrid Hitafe opener. Let's go. Like, yeah, I'm not going to go out and tailgate for it. Don't you think that if, if Real Madrid had opened up with, say, Villarreal or Valencia, there would have been a lot more people at the stadium? Yeah, I'd say that, or maybe a, a Madrid derby that meant something like a little Atletico Madrid derby, not <laughs> a topic. Oh yeah, if you guys kicked <laughs> off against Atleti, I mean, first of all, you'd be blowing your uh, your your you know too 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 much too much too soon as far as the season goes. That would be a hell of a kickoff, but uh, that's something that has to that that has to take place later down the road. But yeah, abs- that would have been a sellout. I mean, absolutely no question oh, yeah. about it. Uh, so in the Champions League final against Liverpool, we saw that Real Madrid has a lot more to offer than just Cristiano Ronaldo, who did not end up on the score sheet that day. Some guy from Wales actually ended up on the score sheet that day twice. Oh, the race. dragon. Yes, exactly, the dragon. So let's let's talk about, you said uh, in your, your previous uh, statement that you'd be fine without him. So tell us uh, why do you think Real Madrid will be fine without him? Is that Champions League final a preview of things to come, that there is life without Ronaldo? Well, I, I've always thought that – I remember last year when Ronaldo was complaining how he wanted more money and that he wanted to leave. I was kind of like, okay, sell him. Let's see who we can get. Like, what's what's Mbappe's price at right now? Like, I am all for the business of Real Madrid. Granted, there's players that I love who they have sold. Xabi Alonso, I love Di Maria. 
they got rid of them. David Beckham was a heartbreaker, but that's mm-hmm. this is a separate story. <laughs> but I, I am there for the. I understand why they make these moves. So, like I said, Real Madrid is bigger than Cristiano Ronaldo. We've had plenty of Galacticos come in and they've left, and we have been fine. So for me, that Champions League final, when you saw what Bale did, you just see what Bale is actually capable of when he can stay healthy. That's been the only problem in his career. It's never been about his play. That's not why he lost time. It's so he doesn't get hurt or he's recovering from a previous injury. Right. And once Benzema finally finds his shooting boots, wherever they are back in 2015, I don't know if he could find (laughs) them or if he can set up Bale the same way he would set up Cristiano, I think that would be fantastic. Sidebar, Lewandowski wants to leave. I know he's getting up there in age, but if he wanted to come in, I think that that immediately puts us as a favorite in the Champions League if we aren't already right now. I think that Lewandowski, I I actually, we had the Bundesliga preview episode last week, and we basically talked about that in depth about Lewandowski always being rumored or being talked about as it pertains to Real Madrid. And I know that there is a big part of me that believes he still wants to play for Los Blancos. And that, to me always spells until the transfer deadline day comes the fact that he could leave. Although I think at this point that Bayern Munich has done absolutely nothing in this transfer window. They have done nothing. Their their only transfer is a Canadian kid from MLS who won't even join them until the winter transfer window. So he's going to be, he's going to continue to play over here. They added Goretzka on a free that was done in January they that got, was a big move, though. That was that was a good. But but he's a midfielder. He's a midfielder. He's a midfielder. He doesn't score goals. So so if you're, you're Lewandowski is a thirty goal scorer in the Bundesliga, you cannot replace that with Leon Goretzka. You do not replace that Renato Sanchez. You do not replace that with hardly anyone. So my my question to you is, you know, Real Madrid certainly has the funds to to, to pull the deal off, and he is a fantastic number nine. To add to Real, I mean, I, I think if, if Lewandowski joins Real Madrid, you guys have got to be right there with Barcelona, if not ahead of them as far as to win the league. But I don't know that Bayern can release Lewandowski. If that in that case, Bayern puts Bayern in the same situation Dortmund's in without a center without a center forward because your next your next option is Sandro Wagner. So I don't know how I don't know how Bayern can allow him. Even if you guys paid hundred million for him, I don't see how Bayern can let him go even for that price. Well, doesn't he not have a release clause? Is the only thing that gets me excited. I don't, I don't know. I feel like if he did, Real Madrid would have pulled the release clause a right? long time ago. Yeah. I think he doesn't have a release clause, so we can't pull it. Or right. It's just ridiculously high. Like it's got to be over four hundred million if it is. So you guys, you guys could have pulled the release clause on Mario Cardi, which is at a hundred and fifteen million, I believe, or thereabouts. Well, I still think that would be a great buy. He's so young and so talented, and you can tell he just want he needs the spotlight, like just for how he plays. Like he leads his team by example, type of deal. Like he needs he needs to be on the show. It was heartbreaking when he wasn't in Champions League. I need to see that man in Champions League. Well, you'll see him in just a couple of weeks. Inter Milan is in the Champions League, so we're going to see Mario Cardi well, make his uh, Champions League debut here this season, which is long overdue, but. You know, I think Real, I think Real Madrid, honestly, with Bale and Benzema, I don't see that as anything. I, I mean, that's. Uh, oh no! I, by no means is that a weakness. The only thing I would like to see is if we could get some depth 
for either backup behind Benz that we know is just a straight poacher, and apparently Murata has been interested, and if Murata wants to compete with Benz again for playing time, that's completely fine with me. He already knows his system pretty much. He lo- he likes Madrid. He's Spanish. We know he can play f- like under Madrid and score goals. I haven't seen it as much at Chelsea, but... Yeah. I mean... And then Diago Aspas is apparently we have an agreement with him. A backup play. And then Rodrigo... Valencia decides they're going to put a $140 million price tag on him, which I thought was absolutely ridiculous. Like, yeah. You know, we are paying $140 million for a backup striker, my man. I'm sorry. So let's talk a little bit about the goalkeeper situation. You were talking earlier about Kayla Navas, and you, you guys obviously uh, you, you guys, you guys purchased another goal t- goalkeeper. So where, how do you see that situation playing out? Um, so we actually did purchase two goalkeepers this summer. We have five on roster. Wow. Kiko Casilla is supposed to be headed out. Uh, Sevilla has been interested in him. Um, Adri Lunin is the young Ukrainian 19-year-old goalkeeper we got. I saw him play in preseason. He is going to be excellent. He has great reactions. He's a long body. He's good with his feet. He's actually very fun to watch. I think he will go out on loan. And then we're going to end up keeping uh, young Zidane. And all the Zidans are also called Young Zidane. I will never call them by their first names. Young Zidane only. And then um, I think Kaylor Navas is the number one until Kaylor Navas blows it. Okay, so what about Isco? Something what drastic about, has to happen. What about Isco? Oh, Isco. Um, Isco, is, I think, is going to be the focal point for Real Madrid if Gareth Bale doesn't take all the spotlight away from him. Because I don't know if you got to catch the whole game for that Hitafe opener, but that man is on the ball for probably like 70 to 80% of the Real Madrid possession. He's constantly pinging back and forth on the field. He's getting back on defense. The La Patigui system is working very well because we have so many Spaniards, and that's what he does best right now is Spanish football. So Isco, I think, is going to thrive under him. Um, I've even made some very bold claims to say Isco is going to get Ballon d'Or this year. Granted, those are extremely bold and extremely biased. So, hashtag bold takes. <laughs> bold, bold takes. Awesome. Young leg with the hot take. I like it. Uh, so, let's talk about our boy uh, Modric. Let's talk about uh, a little bit about say him. He said my, our boy, so I guarantee he's going to Modric. Yeah, we're going to Modric. So, <laughs> uh, Modric now plays for Inter Milan. Uh, well, well, no, he doesn't. Hold on. Uh, he So... This has been a whole conundrum. There's been so many reports on this that he wants to leave. He, he requested to leave Real Madrid. He wants to play with his boys Brozovic and Perisic on the national team. Also, Versalco, who joined uh, Inter from Atletico Madrid. They basically have, uh, I guess, most uh, th- what, three players from the starting 11 of that Croatian national uh, or, or World Cup final team uh, uh, within the Inter squad. So Modric just wanted to join up with his boys. Then again, it said, no, he didn't make first contact. Now, Inter is suing uh, Real Madrid, I believe, or La Liga. It's, it's somebody. They're suing it's La Liga. La Liga. Okay, La Liga, right. So this, what do you make of this whole story? And, and where, do you, where are your beliefs as far as where Modric wants to be right now or would have wanted to be? So what I do when I ever hear any of this type of stuff is I look at their current contract because – Oh, look, Modric is not paid well at all. And, oh, look, he just signed a new contract that makes him the second highest player paid on the team. Weird why he just put us through all that drama. But 
my whole thing is I also look at what did the player say? Because you always get the reports of, oh, this friend of the player. And the agents will do whatever they can to make sure that their player gets the most money possible. So they will say whatever. They're like, oh, yeah, we already said we were leaving. So bye, guys. Like They will go out of their way to talk to the press. The most recent comment I saw from Aldrich yesterday was, it was all baloney, yada, yada. It was all BS. I never wanted to leave. But, of course, he says that after he got his contract. So right, right. who really knows what went down, but... I never really had thought that Modric was going to leave. I mean, he's kind of up there in age. He would be going to, and I'm sorry to say this, he'd be going to an Inter Milan project rather than a pretty much established Real Madrid team. Uh, well, I guess the only thing I can say about that would be that he would be he would play Champions League. He would, you know, he would he would wouldn't take a, a step down as far as the international yes. football is concerned. But you're right. This is still an Inter team. That is trying to get back to where they were when they won the treble in 2010. They are they are yeah, slow. lots of new faces. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so so he would have been a part of that new face, and and he would have had to develop chemistry and and you know learn his new teammates and all this stuff. Obviously, like I said, like three of them would already been played with him through the entire World Cup. But you know, playing with Icardi, playing with uh, Screenier, playing with Nangola, uh, Nangola, exactly. So. You oh, know, by the way, nine golden jerseys on the way. Is it really? In the blue and black. In the blue and black. I Matt, had to do it. Awesome. You got the same one I got, buddy. That's that's the first yeah, thing. That's the first thing I purchased when it came out was nine gold on, man. As soon as I saw that the inter jerseys were up for sale, I'm like, ah, oh, I know who I'm putting on the back. Boom. Done. Nine gold on, number 14. Um, no, yeah, you're so you're right. I mean, it would have it would have had to have been a learning curve for him, where a learning curve for him, whereas he knows the he, you know, Real Madrid, he fits like a glove, obviously. So that yeah, it would have been a learning curve, which is exciting and fun to try, but not when you're like 33 years old, 31. Like it's just too much. Correct. So let's 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 talk about this. Possibly, possibly the biggest loss, and I want to get your take on this. Was not any player for Real Madrid. No, not CR7. Not not anybody that left, but possibly Zinedine Zidane, the mastermind of three consecutive Champions League wins. The uh, La Liga title just a, a season ago. So where, and, and this has happened on a number of occasions, you know, Real Madrid always survives, but after a third place finish in the league last year where they barely held on to third place, it was, it was very close. And, you know, it, it seemed like Zidane really couldn't go anywhere but down. When you win three Champions Leagues, what more can you really do with the club? He's he won everything there was to win Real with Real Madrid, and he did it in like three years. Literally in three years, he won every trophy there was to win. So, was that a good move on his part? And uh, how, what will how do you see the club as far as you know the manager goes for this coming season? So, I am a very realistic fan. So. I was heartbroken. I love Zizou. He was one of the main reasons I became a Madrid fan. I uh, started watching him back in 02 when I was like eight years old. He was one of the main reasons. I love the dude. Dude had the magic touch. Dude headbutted people in the chest. He was, a, <laughs> he was one of those quiet savages. And to see him go was heartbreaking. But at the same time, the only thing that could have happened is he would have just started to break the hearts of the Real Madrid fans. Real Madrid fans are already upset that we only won one trophy. Granted, it was the most important trophy to us. It was the UCL, but Barca got the Spanish double. So back home in 
Spence weren't that happy. And to go out and win a fourth consecutive UCL is not really anything anyone wants on their plate, like you said. So I, I understand why he left. Like, they, those were her, his guys, those 11 he had. Or, I mean, you could say like 11 to 15. But right, right. those were his guys. In three years, he didn't make any big transfer moves. He stuck with the same system, same lineup, and just went out there and took care of business. There was teams that were built this Real Madrid team. They were saying Ronaldo can't do it anymore. Ronaldo's too old, yada, yada. They were given all these reasons. Marcelo can't play defense. Sergio Ramos is a hack, yada, yada. And he just went out there, got the guys together, and still was able to do it. So wherever he goes next, you are very lucky. You're getting an attacking-minded coach, and you are getting an absolute legend. I don't blame him at all for leaving. Complete right decision. And he honestly has my respect more now, which is it's the exact thing I think DDA Drugba should have did at Chelsea when his last touch for Chelsea was winning them a Champions League. Yep. Why would you come back? Why would you do that? So if he never came back, would never blame him. He left an absolute legend on top. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. And so where do you think what do you think the future holds for Zizou? What do you think his next move's gonna be? Okay, so this is what me and my brother said. My brother is a Juventus fan. You know Zinedine Zidane is heavily connected to France, Juventus, and Real yes. Madrid. So yep. I was like, all right, here's what he's gonna do. He's gonna win five straight Champions Leagues with Real Madrid. And then he's going to go over and win a World Cup with France, and then he's going to go and coach Juventus, and you guys are going to win a couple Champions Leagues too. This is when we <laughs> only had one Champions League. We won three, so I was feeling pretty smart for a while. But I think that he moves on to another gigantic club. It's, he's linked to Manchester United, and just from the way Mourinho handles himself with the press, I could easily see that happening. And I think he would make Paul Pogba into the greatest midfielder on the planet. And... I would love to see him at Juventus or France. Anywhere else would be kind of a cop-out to me. No, it's well-paid. No City fans, Liverpool fans, or Chelsea fans want to see Zidane go to United. Let me assure you. Mourinho is the best thing that ever happened to rivals of Manchester United. Because everywhere... Mourinho is the best thing that ever happened. Say it again. Say it again. Mourinho is the best thing that ever happened to the top six. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, because he actually allows, I mean, you know, when you have teams like Hutterfields beat you last season, and then you have, uh, obviously, their their embarrassment last week um, when they conceded three goals in the first half to literally a nobody. It, it's, it's, yeah, Mourinho's, Mourinho's um, he always starts strong. You know, he wins Europa League his first season. Manchester United, great. You know, you win a trophy. You win the, the League Cup or the Carabao Cup, whatever it is. His, uh, his last day, he left the only team where he's really, like, like, you could say his best leaving on top. He won the trouble at Inter, and he left right thereafter to go to Real Madrid. And that, like, that's the best exit he's ever had. Uh, Chelsea was a disaster of an exit. I think United will be one like that as well. So, Zidane, if Zidane goes to United, that would be a shockwave sent through the Premier League because he would turn that team around. You, By the way, if you see Marcus Rashford on your team sheet week after week after week and you choose not to play him, don't you think that's a mistake? I mean, I think a lot of his lineup choices are mistakes. I still don't even know why he bought Alexis, but I'm going to let him do his thing and hopefully get fired soon. Yeah. I'm making no comments. I don't want to even help him. I know you're listening, Jose. <laughs> Not helping you. Not helping you. 
Uh, so real quick, uh, wrapping up about Real Madrid, what do you see as far as them in the Champions League? How do you think without Zizou, without Ronaldo, do you think they can still make a very deep run in this tournament? I mean, Real Madrid is always going to be a favorite to go to at least the semifinal. The pressure from the fans and from the club to perform in this competition especially is, I think, what really pushes the players. And granted, we did lose Ronaldo, we did lose Zidane, but there's 11 people on the field that have all played in a Champions League final or more and all have Champions League trophies. So I'm not too worried at all, to be honest. I might even get a little cocky with it if you guys follow me on Twitter. But I'm not worried one bit. It's all about if Vale can stay healthy. And even if Vale doesn't stay healthy and you think Real Madrid won't splash an unbelievable amount of money for just anyone to replace him, you're wrong. So do you think that they will still make a move yet uh, in, in this transfer window? Anything, Or do you think that Real Madrid is satisfied right now at this point? Uh, you can tell they're not satisfied. I mean, even though it's the media throwing out a lot of the rumors, like, yeah, we do need uh, another striker. Right now our depth is Borja Mayoral, which I do not like at all. Even though he's a decent player, I have nothing against him. Just uh, He seems like a little boy to me still, even though he's, what, like 23 now, I think, 22. Yeah. And, um, I mean, center back, left back wise, I think we're good center back wise. I actually just wrote an article about Nacho. I'm not even sure if it's up yet, but he is the ultimate utility man. He can play right back, left back, center back. It doesn't matter. And Teo, I think we could use a left back. But the only real moves I want to see made is Lewandowski. If we're going to splash any cash, I want it to be on Lewandowski or Mbappe. Nobody else. I mean, that that's going to be a hard a hard get to get Mbappe when you think, I mean, PSG's... Oh, oh just... no, it's definitely going to be. That's why I would be completely content if we didn't really make any moves. And if we do get a striker, we should know that it's going to be a backup striker and should not pay any more than, like, 60 mil for it. So, <laughs> switching subjects for a second, there's, there's always the, you know, in La Liga, there's usually a big four. That fourth team sometimes rotates. Obviously, it's always Atleti, Madrid, and Barca... Right now, if you're only going based on match day one and through the European, uh, the Europa League qualification, they look very strong. It looks like Sevilla has surfaced again as a potential top four candidate after having an abysmal campaign last year domestically. They did they did okay in Europe, but um, you know, as far as uh, their domestic play goes, they I think they finished seventh and they barely made the Europa League. They are off to a pretty good start. They won 4-1. to one. A hat-trick from the returning Andre Silva. Um, Love it. Everyone blossoms in Spain. If you're a young striker, go to Spain. Yeah. This guy goes to AC Milan, and I think they could have been a little bit more patient with him. They, they, uh, they sent him to Sevilla after only one season in Milan. That, that's, that could be their loss in Sevilla's game. But yeah, hat-trick from him on opening day in La Liga. They go up in the table into first place as of right now uh, with the the, uh, the goal differential of three. And I guess, I'll, I don't know how they have it, um, but they, they have them ahead of Barcelona in the table for some reason, even though they both have a plus three goal differential. So do you see these guys as possibly that, that surprise team, that fourth team uh, this season to get that, that last Champions League spot? Is Sevilla back in that, in that position? Um, in my opinion, no, they're not. They lost in Zonzi. They lost a couple of pieces that I did like. Uh, and I have a different team that I have taken over as number four. Okay, who you got? 
I got Valencia. Okay. I and think Valencia is back. I like all the moves they made. They picked up Michi Batshuayi. Yes, yes, yes. They yes. got Condogbia off of your boys, Inter Milan. Yeah. They got Gamiero to add some depth at striker. They also got your uh, boy, Murillo. He's another center back. Yeah, Jason Murillo, yeah. And then they got my man from uh, Lyon. He's a younger guy, 21. He's another center back. He got like a decent amount of minutes, but I'm going to really butcher his last name. It's Diakbi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you got it close. You got it close enough. They they did some good business. Kondogbia yeah, actually. Yeah, they did some very, very, very good business. Yeah, Kondogbia was actually playing for them last season on loan, and decided he decided he wanted to stay in Spain. He did not want to go back to Italy. And um, yeah, so they 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 retained his services, and as you said, they got Gamero. They got. Um, you know, Amishi Batshuayi obviously is probably one of the biggest signings they could get. He played in the time that he was with that Borussia Dortmund. He had, uh, I think he scored six, seven goals in like, I don't know, 10 or 11 appearances or whatever. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but he almost got to like close to double, double digits in just the, the second half of the season. And he was injured for part of that time because he went down with an injury before the, uh, uh, I want to say maybe the last international break or, or shortly thereafter. So, yeah, Bashuai is a huge pickup for them. So, Valencia, I like that pick. I like that pick. Is there anyone else, though, that you could see potentially challenging there? Of course, there's always Villarreal. There's always Real Betis. As they, they I was going to say, Real Betis, I like. Um, I have, I think, in fifth place, I have Sevilla. Six is Real Betis. And then I have Villarreal in seventh. So, they're all... It's. I mean, those are all pretty much interchangeable. I think they'll be fighting it out. But I definitely like Valencia a lot. Um, I like the way that Marcelino plays. He's another Spanish guy. You know how I feel about Spanish football. So I really like the team he put together. Yeah, so what do you see about uh, Athletic Bilbao? Um, Athletic Bilbao, I really was only paying attention to them because they had Emmerich Laporte, and mm-hmm. I really wanted him to go to Real Madrid when we were looking for uh center back. Not this past summer, but the one before that. Right. And... Once they lost him, like you could see a considerable dip in their play. Like I think they came in twelfth this year, and that was mostly behind. Uh, Chelsea actually just picked up. He's a uh, really talented. Real Madrid were also looking at him the summer before this last one. So I mean, for Athletic Bilbao, the moves they made, I just I'm not completely sold on them. Obviously, I can never tell you what's going to be exact. I'll never know, but. Just the moves they did make. They got uh, someone from uh, Paris Saint-Germain. They got Berchichi. And even that, he's a left back. He's 28. Ander Kappa, another right back. I mean, they didn't need to solidify their back line because they were getting killed and they just lost their goalkeeper. But to then lose that goalkeeper to Chelsea, and I just don't know what their real plan is because after seeing some of the signings they made, it just doesn't seem like they're they're just trying to compete so they don't get relegated pretty much to me. But that was a massive, massive buy for Chelsea. I mean, they spent a lot of money on him. Well, I think that Chelsea fans are going to understand that, like, granted, they did spend way, way too much. But, I mean, give it to Bill Bow for realizing that Chelsea was desperate and they needed to make this move because Courtois was probably not going to play another game for them. True. Uh, that that still is an awful lot of money to pay for a keeper, and they pay they actually paid more for him than Liverpool paid paid for Ali Song. Yeah, I mean, 
and the fact that Alisson at least has some Champions League exposure. Right. This this goalkeeper keeper, he's 23. He has I think what like three caps with the Spanish national team. He's been playing with like the under 21s or something or under 23s. So I understand where everyone's coming from, and yeah, that is a huge price tag. That breaks the record, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, I think it does actually. He's also a bird watcher, by the way. That's his hobby. Uh, that's that's very nice for him. So that just <laughs> must get Chelsea fans even more excited. Yeah, he's a bird watcher. That's that's. I read that about him. It's pretty funny. So, is there anybody else that uh, that you could see from the mid table possibly sneaking into Europe, uh, or is this, or do you think this season's kind of the top seven just switching positions with each other? Could there be a surprise team this year? One that one that maybe uh, people aren't expecting. Um, I mean. Hitafe is a good team. They got eighth last year. They were the third best defense in La Liga last year. So Hitafe, I think, could sneak their way in. But last year was like an extremely great season for them, and it was still only eighth place. So I don't know if what they did over the transfers is really going to take them to the Europa League like they want it to. Uh, Celta Vigo, depending how Iago Aspas does and if he stays there, if he continues to just put goals away, they can compete. But from what I'm looking at, I think it's going to be a battle between Villarreal, Real Betis, Sevilla, and uh, Hitafe. Maybe Real Sociedad if they're feeling like playing that day. Okay. Well, uh, I, I agree with you on that. I think that it, it, will, it will be those clubs as well. I think that's, that Spain, while it is predictable, it's also unpredictable. I think you can pretty much map out your top seven or eight, but in what order that falls in, uh, sometimes it changes based on what teams did. Who do you think out of the t- out of the teams that we talked about did the best business this summer? Who who strengthened themselves? I know you said you like Valencia. Is that your pick for who did the best business as far as improving themselves from this year over last? Oh well, I mean, I I feel like they did the smartest business. I think the best business was Atletico Madrid picking up Thomas Amar because he's going to be incredible and he's just going to develop even more in the Spanish league. So. I think that was the absolute best business. But you got to throw Barcelona's name in there, too. They picked up a ton of guys and just strengthened their roster even more, even though I think it's going to end up working backwards for them because they have too many young guys playing the same positions and too many midfielders to give those young guys opportunities in the correct positions. So I'm not sure how it's going to work out for them. I'm hoping, obviously, it goes bad, but... You could say they did the best business. It's not hard to see now that that Monaco team went to the Champions League semifinals a couple years ago, is it? No, not at all. I mean, look how much, look how much people, look how many teams have pillaged and just plummeted them into the abyss as far as taking their talent. I mean, it is. Well, I mean, look now you know how FC Porto feels like every single year. Yeah. Oh, oh, no doubt. Uh, that, that, yeah, that's exactly how they feel because they. You know, I hope they enjoyed that Mourinho 2004 Champions League win because that's the last time they're ever going to see that trophy. Uh, that was kind of the that was right when Abramovich bought Chelsea, and I guess what you would say it ushered in the modern era of football because that's when the big money started rolling in and clubs like I don't know if you remember the Champions League final in 2004 was between Porto and Monaco. That was the final. You'll never see that again. Just finals like back when I was like still barely understanding soccer, where I was like, "Wow, how the hell did this happen?" Yeah, right. And and I saw it happen, and it was it was quite the uh, the undertaking as as both of them had major upsets in the semifinals. Actually, in that same tournament, by the way, in the semifinals, 
In 2004, it was Deportivo La Coruña, who's now in the second division of Spanish football. Well, dude, there's so many Spanish teams that once those young guys get noticed that could have just been killing it that season, they get poached immediately. Why do you think Barcelona, Real Madrid, Atletico always got these great youth academies? Like, their U19 teams and U18, U17s are just dominating. Do you see the one Barcelona U19 kid scored from half field off the tap? Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, that was just yeah. absurd talent goes to those academies. So it's kind of like what Bayern Munich does with anyone that's German and can play soccer at all. They just take them. So what do you make of this guy? Just real quick, not because uh, I'm gonna get your I'm gonna get your top your top seven predictions real quick. Your official top seven prediction before we head into the final segment, which is gonna be uh, talking about Europa League and Champions League. But what do you make of this uh, Alcacé guy that's uh, rumored to be going to Dortmund from Barcelona? Uh, Al Alcacé, is that his, how you say his name? Alcacé? Oh, Alcacé. Alcacé, sorry, I butchered his name, shit. Uh, yeah, Alcacé. What is, uh, I'm not very familiar with him, uh, because he hasn't really featured for Barcelona that much. So, what can you tell me about him? Because he's, he's heavily rumored to be going to Borussia Dortmund. I think that would be a great pickup for you guys. Um, I think he would develop very well with you guys, but he's obviously got to get used to your system, and, uh, if Marco Royce can stay healthy, I think he would play very well with him, because... He plays off with Messi very well, and I'm not going to say Messi and Royce play the exact same way, but for their teams, their respective teams, they like control a decent amount of the attacking towards net, and I think their combinations reflect a bit of each other. And not to mention the kid can finish, so he's always just getting subbed on and scoring those like garbage-time goals out of nowhere to make it look even worse where it's 5-1 now instead of just 3-1. Is he a, just jump the score up? Is he a guy that you could see going to Dortmund, making a name for himself, and then potentially coming back to Barcelona one day? Or is this? Uh, I know? really hate to think like that, Critty. I really hate <laughs> to think of anyone going back to Barcelona. Yeah. But um, I don't know if Barcelona's smart enough to put a buyback clause on him. But they're not very patient with their youth products. They almost got rid of Dembele. So I would say he's going to develop well with you guys and. They're gonna end up having to pay a ton of money because they're stupid. But yeah, but then it could the, happen. The, I heard rumors about them getting rid of Dembele, but uh, how 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 honestly, how big, how truthful do you think those were? Because I mean, they spent a ton of money on him, and to and to waste that kind of money on on something that basically hadn't even. I mean, he's just been with the club now for one calendar year. I, it seems like that's a little bit premature, even from Barcelona, to pull the trigger on getting rid of such a talented player. Oh, no, it definitely is, but if you just see their uh, youth academy, there's just been some guys that get so frustrated from lack of first-team time because that that front 11 that Barcelona have is very hard to crack. I mean, even their bottom five that aren't in the starting lineup, you saw their opening round. Wasn't Coutinho on the bench? Like, yeah, yeah. Vidal on the bench? Like, there's not much room when it comes to youth coming up, so... For them to get all these young guys now, like they must be expecting something, which is why there's like theories about Messi almost being done coming out now. Yeah, true. true. And, and Dembélé does seem to have found himself a place in in the first squad, at least uh, for for I would say what you would call decent minutes, because he had he's he started to pick up his performances and he's looking a lot better. Well, I mean, after you win a World Cup, it's pretty hard to argue <laughs> why you are right. in the uh, starting eleven. Yeah, exactly. 
so let's talk, let's uh, from from one to seven. Where do you see the uh, La Liga? How do you see it finishing out this year, uh, barring any major injuries? Let's just kind of say on paper. Okay, so am I going with my top or like a super realistic top? Because in my top, I'm easily putting Real Madrid number one. Uh, let's go with the super realistic top. <laughs> All right, super realistically, uh, on paper, it's going to look like Barcelona might take it again this year. Uh, they just added so much attack and strengthened their team in spots they didn't even need strengthening. So I just think the depth and just the hungriness from not winning a Champions League so long and their fans pushing them, I think that even all that, they're still going to clean up in La Liga like they always do. Messi's already starting off with a brace on the first game. Uh, Real Madrid right underneath them. I think once we get used to the system, new manager, everyone kind of knows their roles. Everyone gets in the swing of things. Uh, that Supercopa was really upsetting to see. You could tell there was fatigue. Varane looked lost out there. But granted, he's a World Cup winner, so I can't complain. Right. Um, uh, Atletico Madrid, obviously, right underneath. I think that all three of those spots will be interchangeable. I'm never going to be sold on just one. It's just always going to be a biased pick to Real Madrid. Um, Valencia I have in fourth. Sevilla fifth. Real Betis sixth. And Villarreal in seventh. Very cool. So I'm assuming in your you said in your pick Real Madrid one. I guess Barca two. Atleti three. Yep. Okay. The only the only thing that switches in my pick is Real Madrid win. I gotcha. Okay. That was That's like why I said it's super biased. So that was like on the Bundesliga picks last week because 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 Richard had to pick Schalke to win the league, and I I pointed out that in in the entire existence of the Bundesliga under that name, Schalke has finished second place eight times and has never won the league. Uh, so. They're seven-time German champions, but they're seven-time German champions before there was actually a, re- a a recognized league called the Bundesliga. So based on that, I had to pick Dortmund to win the league, even though in my heart I know that's not going to happen. So I'm with you. I understand exactly where <laughs> right, you're coming I'm from. Glad, I'm glad. I totally understand. So let's talk about the uh, let's talk about real quick the Spanish teams in Europe, and we'll start with the uh, Champions League. We Obviously, Barca and Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid are fixtures in this tournament. So, how far do you see each of those three going? If you, um, you know, realistically speaking, obviously Barcelona were in the semifinals last year. They had already punched their tickets, and then Roma came up out of nowhere, shocked them, surprised them, took them out in the quarterfinals. Anything like that going to happen this year, or is it, or, or can we easily see three Spanish sides in the in the semifinals uh, yet again? Uh, now you're asking me to predict one of the most amazing comebacks I've ever seen. I couldn't tell you how happy I was watching that. Just not really being a fan of either team, but definitely hating Barcelona. It was so much fun to watch. Um, but I think that all three, Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Atletico, are all favorites to go to at least the semifinal again. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time we saw all three Spanish teams go to the semifinal and that fourth team kind of just floats. I don't know what's going to go on with it. Uh, Valencia this year, they, uh, I think they should focus more about the league and the Spanish Cup so they can continue to play in the Champions League and bring in more players. So I'm not really high expectations for them. If they make it out of the group stages, that'd be awesome. Or if they knocked out like a big English club, like if they knocked out like a Tottenham or a Man U, that'd be pretty sweet. But no real expectations for them. But the top three, I'm definitely saying they could easily make it to the semifinal. I think we could say that Valencia has a good shot at getting past the group stage, depending on the draw. 
Yeah. So if, if, if all four Spanish teams make it into the round of 16, that's, that's very impressive. That's kind of like uh, all the, the five English sides last year making it to the round of 16, which was, which was pretty impressive. And then three of them, I believe, got knocked out in the round of 16, including uh, Jose it's Mourinho. because they didn't belong there. Yeah, well, yeah, no, well, United definitely, according to Mourinho, did not belong there. But, uh, and then, of course, they pitted the, the remaining two English teams, City and Liverpool, against one another. So that meant only one of them would advance to the, the semifinals. But... I could definitely see four Spanish teams in the round of 16. That would not surprise me in the slightest. It depends for Valencia on the draw. I think the other three can get through based on their own merit. I yeah, I can agree with that. Valencia, I'm I'm uh, I'm really excited to watch them. But I've said that before about multiple Premier League teams because of their signings, and they have not fanned out. Like Everton last year, I was really excited to watch them. And oh yeah, Everton, yeah, the the, uh, the new Man City as they called them, the new Man City. <laughs> yeah. So let's 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 do this. Uh, let's take Valencia out of the equation. We know that they're basically if they get to the round of sixteen, that's an accomplishment itself. So I'm going to give you the names: Atleti, Barca, and Real Madrid, and you're going to tell me round of sixteen, quarterfinal, semifinal, final, or winners of the tournament. Oh, just the one word answer. So I'm going to start off: Atletico Madrid. Semi-final. Real Madrid. Champions. And Barcelona. Champions. Well, so they're gonna wait a minute. They're both they're gonna play each other in the final? Yep, I'm going for an El Clasico final three. Oh, I, even, wow. I, I didn't I'm not gonna say who's gonna win, but I'm I'm gunning for an El Clasico final. I haven't seen one in my lifetime. That would so. be that would be some shit right there. That would uh that that would be reminiscent of Bayern Munich and Dortmund uh back in 2013 because I, I Dude, that's when I was dreaming of it. You ruined it for me. Yeah, <laughs> ruined it. <laughs> okay, so just moving on to the to the to the lesser teams real quick. We do have to give them some attention though because these guys they're in a tough league and man, if you make Europe, period. You should get some love. I mean, come on. It's the Europa League. You got Villarreal, Real Betis, and Sevilla. Sevilla under, um, you know, some 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 famous coach named Emery. They, they won this thing three consecutive times. They basically pulled the Real Madrid of the Europa League. I mean, Sevilla was unbeatable in the Europa League. Unbeatable for three seasons. They are now in this tournament again, and that may be the way, since you picked them fifth, I believe you picked them fifth in your top seven, that may be the way for them to yet again make it to the Champions League. They didn't have to, they didn't have to for the longest time, have to finish top four in Spain because they were winning Europa Leagues left and right. So you win the Europa League, you're in the Champions League. That is how it works. So is this another, is this another Sevilla, um, Unai Embry uh, type of performance here, or is is that just wishful thinking? What do you, how do you see that, how do you see this? I going? mean, it's definitely a little bit of wishful thinking, but at the same time, you got some names in there you don't usually see. You got Chelsea in there, you got Arsenal in there, Marseille's in there. So Sevilla, I think they will compete. They'll definitely compete, but I'm not just gonna go out and say, oh wow, they're they got it again, like Sevilla doing their old. <laughs> whole plan of just dropping out of Champions League so they can win the Europa League and go back to Champions League and lose again. Okay, and do you see anything coming from Betis or Villarreal? I know Villarreal is uh, they're 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 constantly they, they, we we talk about them that that memorable match they had against uh, that that uh, with the fixture against Liverpool a couple of years ago when Jurgen Klopp first came to Anfield. So they're 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 used to this tournament. So these guys. Um, 
I know Betis, they, they're up and down. Sometimes they're in Europa League, sometimes they're not. But, but Villarreal and Sevilla are veterans. So I look for them, of these three, to go the farthest. And uh, I, I wanted to know your opinion on what you think about Villarreal in this tournament. Uh, Villarreal is always a good game. That's one that would have probably, on opening day, got us a full stadium or close to it. Right. Better than what we had. But Real Betis is actually the team I'm most excited to watch in Europe. I think they've just been out of Europe like for so long and like haven't had the right thing. And now they got like kind of a solid team. Like they got Rafinha coming in, so they got a couple of people with Europa leagues or Europe experience. And like I'm kind of excited to watch Real Betis. I'm not gonna lie to you, Villarreal, uh, just like Sevilla, I think they're gonna compete. And I think that yeah, they could stun a Chelsea team that's maybe tired after playing the Premier League and thinks, oh, it's just Villarreal. I think that's what really happens with the Spanish teams is they're underlooked because it's just like, oh, well, we really don't have to worry about Real Madrid, Barca, and Atletico, right? So they kind of forget about all the other Spanish guys, and then once they get jumped in the game and end up getting knocked out, that's when they get the credit. So I'm expecting Real Betis to really surprise a couple people, and Villarreal, I'm hoping, takes out one of the big guys. Hey, I got to say, uh, one of the, the funniest things, since we're talking about uh, Real Betis, it was a couple of years ago, um, Hamburg was facing relegation in the Bundesliga, and they, they just did survive by the, uh, the, 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 I mean, really a whisker and a hair. And Raphael van der Vaart was talking, he, he was transferring from Hamburg to Real Betis. And I remember in an interview, they asked him, why are you why why Real Betis? And he said, "I want to win. I want to win the La Liga again." And I'm like, you, do, "Do you realize you just said you want to win La Liga with Real Betis? That that's literally what you just said." I I don't know if he was. I don't know. I don't. I don't really know how to take that answer because you know he 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 seemed very serious when he said it, and I know that you have to have belief in yourself and your club, but it that to me will always stand out. That's like that when I when anyone says Real Betis, I'm always like. Yeah, they're, they have players that want to go there so they can win La Liga. That's apparently the draw. That's the draw to Real Betis. That's why you leave Hamburg. Not because Hamburg is a shit show and because their club was basically uh, eroding and rotting from within. But he wanted to leave Hamburg to go to Real Betis to win the Spanish top tier. <laughs> so. That's like one of those answers where you're just reading off a card that they handed you like from the club. Yeah. Hey, why are you going to Real Betis? Um, hold on. Yeah, just read the cue cards. Yeah, but I want to win La Liga. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. By the way, if anyone's wondering, Rafael van der Vaart is still playing. By the way, I just want to let everybody know that he is. Uh, really? Yeah, he's thirty-five. He turns thirty-six in February. He, after Batiste, which he spent one year at, by the way, he made seven appearances that year and scored no goals for uh, winning La Liga. That was a little underwhelming performance there. He then went to Michelin, up in uh, I think that's in. Denmark or Norway? I was gonna say it sounds like one of those Denmark teams. Yeah, it's it's somewhere it's in Scandinavia. And um, let's see, Michelin's. If you click on one them. of those Bentner teams. Yeah, they are. Yeah, Danish. Sorry, they're Danish. So uh, actually, they have a win. They beat uh, Manchester United a couple years ago in the Europa League. Hey. Yeah. So just just a little uh, just a little another little dig at Cozy there. Um, yeah. So now he's at Esbjerg. He's at Esbjerg FB, and they play in also Danish. So he's he's still in the Danish league. Oh, are they even top tier? Yeah, they're first division actually. They uh they got promoted last year. So he plays on a newly promoted Danish team. 
Rafael Vanderfart, everyone. Can't. I, I don't know why. Uh, legend. We, we got sidetracked on him, but man, it was worth it because he's he's got a hot wife. I'll give him that. So that's all that matters. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so, why we all play football. Exactly for the hot for the, the football wives the football wives. Um, so yeah, so who you, of those? So I'm gonna do the same thing with the Champions League. Uh, so I'll be with the Europa League. I do with the Champions League. If I give you the team name or the club name, give me their furthest advancement in that tournament. I'll start off with Real Betis. How far you got them going? Uh, quarter. Quarter. Uh, Villarreal. Mm, quarter. Sevilla. Semi. Semi. Okay, so we got Spain. Winning the Champions League and going as far as the semifinals in the Europa League. Not too bad. Not too bad at all. I just think there's so many big names this year in Europa League. Like it, If I'm Europa League, like, I'm excited. I'm just like, wow, how the hell do we get Chelsea and Arsenal in here? Yeah, it is. Arsenal, you've been Europa League bound for almost eight years now. No it's, offense or anything, but... It's been a long time coming, man. <laughs> they, they've, they've made the slide. And, and see, what really tipped off people with Arsenal is the fact that when they got... It seemed like every year that the draw did this to them. They always got matched up against Bayern Munich in the knockout stages. And Bayern always just kicked the shit out of them. Like, uh, Yeah, those are the fun games to watch, though, because the players are like almost crying or they're almost laughing on both sides. Well, you feel bad for like Mesut Ozil, who's just like... He always... like. He couldn't get away from Bayern when he played in the Bundesliga. Then, you know, he, he can't get away from Bayern when he's playing in the Premier League. It's just, it, like, he can't escape these guys. Like, they, they just consistently, uh, Bayern, and most of those players, obviously for Bayern, are teammates of his from the German national team. So, you know, he's losing to Boston Schweinsteiger. He's losing to Manuel Neuer. He's losing to Thomas Miller. He's losing to Philip Lahm. And he's not just losing, but it was like 10-2 to 2 on aggregate. Like, just epic beatdowns. And that's why Arsenal was like, we all knew that this Europa League slide was coming. It was only a matter of time. Well, the good news is that they're going to win it this year. Oh, they, <laughs> they, they have Unai Emery. They have the missing key. That's right. He's the squad already. He's needed the manager. This is the Europa League guy. I'm in sixth place, but at least you'll definitely play Champions League after you win Europa League. Definitely. Well, Anthony, man, this has been a shit ton of fun, man. I'm so glad you finally made it on. Tell people real quick where they can find you on Twitter and what you're working on right now. Do some plugs. Do some plugs. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Shopa, A-J, S-H-O-P-A-A-J. Uh, I go by Young Leg. I'm the big pineapple. Got to stay wavy. The big uh, pineapple. Yeah, that's true. That's the icon. Uh, I just started writing for the Real Champs. Uh, it's a fan-sided affiliate. So make sure you only click on my articles, though. So I just want the credit. Don't don't give everyone else the credit, just me. Um, and Suburban Hood Rats, check us out at Hood Rat Tings and Wild Productions on Instagram at The Wild Productions. Check us all out. We'll have everything for you there. Anything I am saying or doing, I got you. I'll keep you entertained. We're all entertainment is what we deal at Wild Productions. Absolutely. Hey, uh, we're going to have you on a bunch more this season when we talk La Liga. Obviously going to talk some Champions League as well because there's a lot of Spain in the Champions League as always. So, Anthony, my man, it's been a pleasure. Loved having you on. Can't wait to do it again real soon. Thanks for having me.